0: technews that's technews this episode is brought to you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you chi from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the "We just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in Shopify's there to help you grow sign up for a one per month trial period at shopify.com/special offer all lowercase That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Today in security from Wired. The UK denies Julian Assange's extradition, citing suicide risk. The ruling is based not on whether the WikiLeaks founder violated the Espionage Act, but on the implications of subjecting him to the U.S. carceral state. By Andy Greenberg. Since WikiLeaks began releasing massive troves of U.S. military and State Department secrets more than 10 years ago, Julian Assange has maintained that the American government would eventually seek to put him in a U.S. prison. In a surprise twist, he may escape that fate, not because his organization's leaks are protected by free speech rights, but instead due to Assange's mental health and a court's ruling that subjecting him to U.S. incarceration could increase the risk of suicide. In a London courtroom Monday morning, U.K. Judge Vanessa Baritzer ruled that the U.S. cannot extradite Assange to stand trial for criminal charges of hacking conspiracy and violations of the Espionage Act, which the U.S. Department of Justice first leveled against Assange in 2019. Baritzer argued in her ruling that extradition would be unacceptably, quote, oppressive due to Assange's mental state, including diagnoses of Asperger syndrome, autism, and suicidal thoughts, and the risk that Assange would in fact kill himself if those conditions were exacerbated by the state of isolation he'd likely face in the U.S. justice system. In her statement, Baritzer compared the special administrative measures that Espionage Act convicts often face in prisons like ADX Florence, the Colorado prison where Assange would likely be incarcerated in the U.S., to those in the U.K.'s Belmarsh prison where he's been housed since his arrest. She detailed how he'd be allowed only two non-legal phone calls a month denied contact with other inmates at the prison and granted two hours of solo recreation time daily in a quote-unquote cage, as she described it. Faced with the conditions of near total isolation and without the protective factors that moderate his risk at Belmarsh, I'm satisfied that the suicide prevention procedures described by the U.S. will not prevent Mr. Assange from finding a way to commit suicide, Judge Baritzer told the court. For these reasons, I've decided that extradition would be oppressive by reason of Mr. Assange's mental health, and I order his discharge. The U.S. government immediately appealed the ruling, a process that will likely begin in a matter of months. For now, Assange remains in custody pending a bail hearing. Nevertheless, the decision represents a, quote, brilliant and surprising win for Julian, says Naomi Colvin the UK-Ireland program director at Blueprint for Free Speech, which has supported Assange throughout his legal case. The U.S. did appeal, but because this swung on the medical evidence, the starting position has to be that Assange is likely to prevail at the high court, too. While the judge's decision represents a potentially life-changing victory for Assange, it does little to defend the press freedoms that many observers consider to be on trial in Assange's case. Until the final section of Baritzer's statement, she shot down practically every argument Assange's defense attorneys had laid out against extradition in weeks of hearings, many of which focused on how the prosecution of Assange would represent an unprecedented criminalization of journalistic activity. In particular, Baritzer focused on a moment in which Assange encouraged his source, then Army Private Chelsea Manning, to dig up more classified secrets for him and offered to help her crack another user's password so that she could more easily cover her tracks as she rooted around the Army's network. U.S. prosecutors have never proven or even alleged that Assange followed through on that offer or that either he or Manning ever successfully cracked a password as they discussed. Nonetheless, Baritzer argued that incident helped show how, quote, Mr. Assange's activities went beyond the mere encouragement of a journalist. That password-cracking allegation, however, only justifies the computer fraud and abuse conspiracy charge that Assange faces, argues Trevor Tim, the executive director of the Freedom of the Press Foundation and a witness for Assange's defense in the extradition hearings. The remaining 17 counts, which all relate instead to the Espionage Act, would represent the first time in modern history a publisher was charged under the Espionage Act for essentially journalistic activities, such as seeking classified information from sources, Tim argues. If this case went forward, it would criminalize large swaths of news gathering and publishing practices, he says. Despite the judge's arguments that Assange could be charged under the Espionage Act, Tim saw the ruling as a win. It's hard to call it a complete victory for press freedom, but it's a huge sigh of relief, he says. Despite the judge's Espionage Act arguments, her decision about Assange's mental health may nonetheless prevent the U.S. from setting a precedent that someone like Assange can be prosecuted for publishing national security secrets. To create a lasting precedent, they need a conviction in U.S. court, and if this decision is held up, they won't get it, says Tim. Any decision that prevents the U.S. government from obtaining that precedent is a good thing. In the ruling, Baritzer writes that the accounts of several psychiatrists who'd seen Assange in prison in the U.K. swayed her decision. In her oral statement to the court, she emphasized the account of one psychiatrist, Michael Koppelman, who had testified that he observed in Assange signs of suicidal risk, including, quote, loss of sleep, loss of weight, a sense of preoccupation and helplessness as a result of threats to his life, the concealment of a razor blade as a means to self-harm, and obsessive ruminations on ways of killing himself. Koppelman wrote at one point in his testimony that Assange expressed having suicidal thoughts hundreds of times a day, and that prison staff had confiscated multiple potential suicide implements from him. Baritzer also noted a 1991 incident when Assange was hospitalized for a week after cutting his wrists and observed that he had a family history of suicide. She expressed concern that if he were put in isolation in the U.S. prison system, as Assange's defense had argued he likely would be, he would not only be driven to self-harm, but would succeed due to what Koppelman described as his, quote, single-minded determination, typical of those with autism and Asperger's. I'm satisfied that Assange has the intellect and determination to circumvent suicide prevention measures, Baritzer said. The decision in Assange's case represents the third time in recent history that an accused hacker in the U.K. has been protected from extradition based on mental health considerations. Laurie Love, a U.K. hacker associated with Anonymous, similarly escaped U.S. prosecution due in part to an Asperger's diagnosis in 2018, as did alleged hacker Gary McKinnon in 2012. America's poor treatment of prisoners, and particularly those like Assange with national security-relevant cases, may lead to the failure of a major prosecution that some in the highest levels of the U.S. government have sought for nearly a decade, notes well-known cybercrime defense attorney Tor Eklund. A U.K. court is saying you can't trust the U.S. prison system to treat its inmates fairly and humanely, and that outweighs any alleged damage from Assange's release of top-secret information, says Eklund. It's not the first time a U.K. court has done this, and it's a damning indictment of the U.S. prison system and its inhumanity. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at wired.com slash security. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more